no money in poetry That's what sets a poet free I've had all the freedom I can stand You got your cold dog soup and rainbow pie All it takes to get me by Fool my belly till the day I die Cold dog soup and rainbow pie first time I heard Decoration Day, I knew that was a great song. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I heard Curtis Lowe, mm. Leonard Skinner's Curtis Lowe, I knew that was a great song. That's not the kind of song we're talking about today. Um, <laughs> like some songs, I mean, some songs hit you immediately. You know, man, this I'm gonna, I'm going to love this song. This is well done. This is everything. Um, the problem with those kinds of songs are you tend to wear them out real quick. You just, you can't get enough of it. Um, there are so many albums that I've listened to too much that I, you have to sit down for a long time before you go back to them because you just wear them out. And then, then there's the other songs, the ones that sit somewhere on a record in the middle track number eight. Yeah, <laughs> famously for me, track number eight. <laughs> if track number eight is a good song, you have a good record. I'm a firm believer in that. And as a matter of fact, there is a uh, Sun Kill Moon song called Track Number Eight that lists out at track number eight, and he's he's kind of talking about how this song isn't particularly great. Um, it's I can't get it right. I'm just fighting this song, and it will probably sequence at track number eight. <laughs> and that is a place in a record where. Uh, back in our day, it felt like eight was about halfway when we got to the CD world. You'd get 15, 16 songs. Yeah. These days, that means it's towards the end, but track number eight is a special place. I am not saying that the song we're talking about today is a track number eight song, because I don't know, um, quite frankly. I feel like <laughs> it might be, but I don't know. But it, it, it is that kind of song, and the kind of song I'm talking about is one that you you go past, you listen to it, because you're listening to the whole album like an adult, not like a child just skipping around or listening to your favorite songs on repeat. You're sitting down with a complete selection of music and you're going to listen to the thing the way the artist intended you to hear it. Um, and you hear it once, you hear it a couple times, but maybe on like the fifth time you're like, wait a minute, what's that cool thing he said in there? Let me go back. And so you wind up going back and forth to these records and you find new songs that you love every time. And then every three months or so you have a new favorite song on a record. That's the kind of song we're talking about today. Now it's a Bob Dylan song. So that already puts it, (laughs) (laughs) that already puts it in a place that already changes sort of how you go about a Bob Dylan song. Because look, if you're listening to this podcast, you would either agree that Dylan is exceptional or you have Thought this was something else, and you've turned it off long, long before now. Yeah, we've already did at um, least one Bob Dylan episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not You're song of, the, of this latest iteration, no. but one like, two-hour fucking... Every six or eight episodes is going to be a Dylan song, it's because gonna... that is our most common touch point. And I mean, my God, he's the greatest songwriter that ever existed. I've already um, queued up the next one I want to do. I won't hear any arguments about that. But this song, and I think that for me, that... He might be the best at this kind of song too. Um, there's the giant 
big, 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 big songs that everybody knows and you can instantly realize, oh, this is some Shakespeare shit. But then there's these songs, which oddly enough are the songs that connect you and me best in the Dylan catalog. We don't sit around and talk about how great Like a Rolling Stone is. That song doesn't do a whole lot individually for us. Um, it's <laughs> it's uh, Black Diamond Bay that we talk about all oh the time. God. It's uh, anything off Street Legal that we talk about all the time. And Hell it's yeah. this song. It's this song that we're going to talk about today, which is called Forgetful Heart. Ah. It is on, uh, what is that, Together Through Life? Together Through Life. Which was Dylan's, it might have been his last, before, before Tempest, um, it was the last uh, record of new material that we had for a while because after he released that series of records, he got into doing sort of the American songbook, yeah. um, which were covers of, of classic American standards. Was not my favorite thing. It's fine. Just not the thing I'm here for. I'm here to hear Dylan's writing, not him singing, you know, old classics, even though those songs served a great purpose for the live shows because it made that band incredible. Together Through but Life was the... Uh, Dylan's 33rd studio album. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so in 33 record, 32 records prior to this one, he still hadn't written the song we're going to talk about today, which is unequivocally great. Yeah, it's a great sure. song. Um, and would be, would be the best song in most people's catalog. <laughs> if, if, if they had, Turned this baby. Out. It's really weird um, that entire record because I I don't know if you remember I remember being on the phone with you when I when I heard that he was releasing together through life. It was it was released in April of '09, and I remember talking to you when I was in DC and I I the the uh, the apartment that I lived in at that time and I was like, did you did you hear? There's just a new Dylan album that we never that we didn't know was coming and. I mean the the this album from from T to B is pretty pretty okay with me. It's uh, it's a solid solid record. Yeah, um, it's a. I mean, there's really not a throwaway on it. This one I had thrown away for a long time. Um, it because usually if there's a song that I'm not immediately grabbed by, it's because of the sequencing. It usually is sequencing that does it. It means that there's some song that immediately follows it or immediately precedes it that I'm super into and I just don't have the energy to love this song at that time. Um, I'm busy wearing out another thing on it. Um, but this song in particular is great because we got to both fall in love with it at the exact same moment. Standing right next to each other at and the Patriot Center at George Mason University. <laughs> in George Mason Alexandria, University. Alexandria, Virginia. <laughs> um on like a Tuesday night or some shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The middle of the week. Uh, rainy, cold night in D.C. That was awful. Um, and it was... was Oh, God. That was the that was not the Knopfler night. Knopfler did no. not open that show. That was a different show. Yeah. Um, and this was the new record at the time. And he was playing heavy on that. And this was... This was a transitional time for the band. I think Larry Campbell had just left... Um, I guess I'd probably need to do a little backstory on, Hey, I love Dylan. That's just, I mean, like, <laughs> like I love him. Like that's, I, that <coughs> I can't overstate that. Like his the, becoming a Bob Dylan fan literally changed the rest of my life. Like my life is different because 
I heard Bob Dylan unplugged once. Like mm-hmm. that literally is a touchstone point of my life. Um, and I've seen him more live than I've seen anyone else. Um, save maybe Barry Billings, um, <laughs> guitar player from a corner party <laughs> and hell of a, hell of a fine man. Yeah. You've um, seen Dylan, what, 30, 40, 50 times. Uh, probably I'm probably coming up on 30, probably yeah. getting, you know, I stopped counting at some point like tattoos, but yeah, sure. somewhere around 30 ish. Um, and you know, some of the most memorable moments of me going to concerts are he would occupy, you know, probably eight of the top 10 spots or, you know, eight of the top 15 or something yeah. like that. Um, because that band on this never ending tour of his, that was that is the best band I've ever seen. It was just full of killer musicians and they were in tune with him. And this was a period where Bob had stopped playing guitar and just started playing piano. And yeah, Bob doesn't play piano well. No, he doesn't. Um, <laughs> but at least they but, had Mike Campbell uh, <laughs> on uh, backed on this album. But he don't give a shit either. That's the thing no. is Bob doesn't care if you like it or not because he knows better. And in every instance, when he's done something with a, when he, he's playing guitar when I first started to see him, he's playing electric guitar primarily when I first started to boo, see him. Boo! Am I right? Boo! <laughs> boo. Play fucking loud. Judas! Boo! Trainer! Um, boo! But... And he talks about this in his book. He talks about the structure that I certainly will not bore the people with. But he talks about a, a way that he's going to play. And he just kept force feeding that until like, oh, I do get it now. And it does work. And it's the same thing with his piano. He just kept doing it until the band figured out how to do it with him. And now it sounds great. But this was a period where he kind of wasn't playing anything except for harmonica. I don't know that he played any. I think he probably played a little piano that night. But at any rate. Um, this concert's going along and we're two fellas enjoying a Dylan show and, mm-hmm. and we are very, while we both love him and we both have a lot of common ground on it, you are certainly not going to be as into these live shows as I am because you don't have the history of seeing this band forever. Yeah. Um, musicianship does not mean to you the same thing it means to me you know, fancy arrangements and none of the songs are going to sound like the record. And for somebody who's doesn't have the history that I have with this, that can be annoying rather than impressive. Sometimes, you know, the only for some reason, go- for some reason, I don't mind that with Dylan. Yeah. I would argue that because at least, you know, that's what you're getting going into it. Yeah. Like there's no, you know, that going in and the band he's with is so good that these, and these songs take on different meanings in the way that he performs him now. Like um, Dylan, Dylan is the, probably the only, if not one of the very few that I don't mind it, that it takes me a solid 45 seconds to like understand that I'm listening to Mississippi or yes. a change is going to come or, you know, like a, a song, a song that heard I know. A dozen times that you know by heart and love. Yeah. It, my, my, one of my favorite, favorite Dylan concert stories um, and it, this may be the greatest concert I've ever seen was Dylan at municipal in Nashville, Nashville, yeah, somewhere early aughts. Um, and there's two that's guys a small, that's a small place for him. Yeah. Yeah. That certainly is. Um, which he doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't care where he plays. Yeah. Did you book me here? Then that's where I'll play. I saw him play at the Trap, which was an, a literal club right down the street from there a few years later. Wow. Um, but there's two guys behind me, and they want to hear Visions of Johanna. 
It's all they want to hear is visions of Johanna. And they've been saying this all night. Now, they're not being assholes. They're, they're two dudes enjoying the show, and they're not screaming visions of Johanna. They're just saying, man, I really hope he plays visions of Johanna. And I happen to have an audio from this show, and they have, it's near us, because I, I remember hearing these guys at the show. Um, and so he's the song starts, and I'm like, oh, I know what this is. But it does not sound like Visions of Johanna. And the guys who the guys who've been hollering for this all night do not recognize it until he gets to the chorus. Oh yeah, or, of course. They don't know. Like, oh shit, it's happening. Yeah. The thing we wanted is happening is happening. I mean, well, how many times have you and I not just at a a Dylan show like Drive by Truck, specifically that Mike Cooley uh, solo show? Um, <laughs> like you and I will exchange like investigative looks. Like, what like, the fuck is he doing here? Hmm, what is this? <laughs> What's happening? Is this a song I don't know? Is this a new song? Is this a different... Yeah. Is this Mike Cooley's hidden live album that only Sean owns? That only Sean has the master copy of? It's weird. Um, but this thing... This sounded like the record. Forgetful Heart that night was close enough... Spot on. ...to the record. Um, you know, a little different here and there, but close enough. And I remember hearing him like, okay, let's see what happens here. And... This this is the ma- this is why I keep going to concerts. It's for this moment. It doesn't happen often. Um, and the older you get, and the more jaded you get, and the more you're worried about fuck, got to get up and go to work in the morning. All those things. I have to drive to Huntsville after this concert. Yeah, I got to drive to. I got to drive from Cleveland to Mobile after this. Um, <laughs> all those things weigh on you, and they screw up your experience because we're all chasing the dragon of being young and going to shows mm-hmm. and not having to worry about it. The only thing you had to worry about is which Waffle House you're going to afterwards. Well, that doesn't mm. exist anymore. You got all these things. You want you don't want to get there too early because you might start drinking too early and get too drunk or you don't want to see the shitty opening band or all that. There was a time where I couldn't wait to see the opening band. Some of my favorite bands came from seeing them open for somebody that I had no clue sight unseen going into all that said, but this thing hits and there's a moment in the middle of it where we both know, oh, something's happening here. Yeah. Like we're caught. We're we're in the ether. He got us. You got Bob us. Bob got us tonight with a song that we weren't planning on getting us. Um and a song that neither of us had ever mentioned to each other. No. The thing we the thing we would always talk about from that record was, you know, <laughs> down by the river, Judge Simpson walking around. <laughs> Nothing shocks me more than that old clown. Um, but but something was in the air when this song starts. And because I've seen him enough to know there are some you you don't know what Bob you're gonna get on any given night. He might be not in the mood to enunciate. Just might not be feeling it that night. He might be in the mood to really tinker around on that damn piano. Just might be in that mood. But some songs on some nights, he's in the mood to perform. And this was one of those times. And he slows down and he's very clear with his enunciation. He's very emphatic. He's very passionate about the song. And when that happens, it, there's it, it no one else can get me to the place that he gets me to yeah um when it happens and it's probably because it is so sporadic you never know and it it, it is the dragon that you've been chasing you get to you get to grab a hold of a scale or two just for about five or six minutes and then it's gone you know because he's, he's right back to doing bob shit to kind of paint the picture he's there with his you know the the never-ending tour man whatever the hell they're called 
um the the piano with the oscar on it um he is kind of like doing an old man dance throughout the entire song mm-hmm. uh-huh wearing his i i want to say it was like a goldenrod cowboy suit with like the uh-huh. smaller like cowboy hat yep yep big uh, steve harvey coat yeah <laughs> <laughs> somehow pulls it off <laughs> and um, he's doing that that dance that side to side and he'll he'll stop and he'll just sort of open up to the crowd for a little bit and he'll get real small again <laughs> i just remember the performance of this song like i i hate terms like uh magic happens or brought you to a different place or like no 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 you know, that's that's the only way to describe it but like people misuse that phrase in, but that's what happened However long the, the the studio version is three minutes and forty two seconds. However long the this live version was, it just and we've been talking about chasing the dragon. We've been trying to find this fucking version for you know uh, since two thousand nine. <clears throat> um, I just uh, I I can't describe like s- standing next to my best friend. I, I I can't describe just sharing that moment with you. And it just it it felt like everything was right with the world. And it just yeah. it, it speaks to the power of. Um, you know what what kind of music can bring to you and that's you know that's why we're here today right yeah yeah and it's that because both of us are hard to please yeah we're rarely pleased by the same thing at the exact same time. oh yeah one of us has usually got something shitty to say it's music women comedy politics <laughs> right whatever you name it ice cream uh, flavors liquor <laughs> this one this one broke through and um, it's 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 really bizarre because forgetful heart if somebody told me it was a boring song, I I disagree, but I understand why they... It's very slow. I, I understand fully why we waxed over this song yeah. up to this point. Um, because on the surface, until you know... Until you really know to... Until you know this song has power, you can just glance and say, okay, that's Bob. He's... He's really just kind of right. It, it it really is telling us where he was going to go next. This is an American standard style song. Yeah. It's a sad fucking song. Yeah. And it's, if there is a thing that Dylan is best at, it's probably this song. And he is a completely adept at writing a, a rip your heart out love song. In sim- that does not point the finger. Doesn't point the finger. And again, if you look at the lyrics, it's nothing special. It's and, not. And I don't mean to say that the lyrics are mediocre. I mean, it's nothing special. It's no like crazy one-liners or anything like that. Mm-mm. It's just, I, I, I don't know. It, it's it's in, in the grand, in his oeuvre of songwriting, this doesn't enter into the top 100. Of no. like of complex rhymes or or you know uh, digging deep to find words that you haven't heard in fifteen years or you know shit like that. It's not hurricane. <laughs> no, it's not hurricane. It's no mine have been like malaise and Rambo. It's none uh, of that. Yeah. It's nothing. There's really not a lot of takeaway lyrics unless you're really you got you got to be in bed with the song. You got to let this thing get down in you. Yeah. Before you realize how great it is. Well, enough bullshitting. I guess. My God, let's get it. And this will be quick because there are twelve lines to this song. <laughs> well, I stop a lot. <laughs> there, there's no chorus. There are four verses, and uh, the argument could be made there are three lines to every verse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Forgetful Heart by Bob Dylan off the 2009 album Together Through Life. <laughs> 
Forgetful heart. Lost your power of recall. Every little detail you don't remember at all. The times we knew, who would remember better than you? See, like, we just talked about how this was sort of paint-by-the-number songwriting. However, that is a powerful image he has conjured up with who would remember better than you. After saying you don't remember and you lost your power of recall. <laughs> like, you like, like, he is incredible at writing. He, there's, there's something in him that is terribly worried about being forgotten in love. At least I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not speaking to like, I, I, I'm not going to interpret it as him reaching out and saying, Oh God, I don't want people to forget. It's, it's the love songs. Um, I don't believe you. She acts like we never met, you know, that from the earlier records, that was, that's that song. Yeah. Um, it, it, fuck if you, uh, all of blood on the tracks is, this bitch gonna forget me. It How go- dare this bitch forget me? And this kind of go hands in hand with uh, hand in hand with Romeo and Julia. I mean, how are you gonna say, "Oh, Romeo, yeah, you know, I used to have a thing with him." And that is that is a completely selfish, incredibly selfish way to look at a love lost. Mm-hmm. But it is also the most human way. If we boil it all down. The thing that drives us crazy about our ex moving on is not necessarily that we're not with them because some of them you're glad to be rid of. Yeah, there are other fish in the sea. But at the same time, how dare they? Yeah. How dare they forget me? How dare they not be as big? I'm me. It is. It is. I said he didn't point the finger, but he points the finger without coming out and saying it. Hit me with that next one. One one question though, by the way. So, do you think this is aimed at one relationship, or do you think this is the overall, just the overall feeling of just mo- every single woman, every single partner, however, that the narrator Bob Dylan, whoever has um, that has moved on and forgotten? I don't know that he ever moved on and forgot anybody. Is the problem? But they have. Um, they have, or at least that is in his mind. That's how he conceives it. Um, where I'm sure that Joan Baez would tell a different tale. Sure. Um, I mean, like Bob's been singing about Sarah for a long time. <laughs> I mean, you've had, I, I, we both had relationships where a, a, a woman probably ends something, uh, has ended something abruptly. Um, not necessarily ending something, you know, short, ended a short term relationship, but it could be short or long, but the end of a relationship has come abruptly and then you just don't hear from them. Mm-hmm. And just because they're not calling or texting or DMing or whatever you doesn't mean that they've forgotten you, but you don't have any evidence to support the theory that yep. they still know your fucking name. Yep. Yep. And that's what hurts the most. And that mm-hmm. is what is coming out of this first verse for me. And, and, and to, you know, the brain is what forgets, right? That is the mechanism yeah. that would forget. But Bob is pointing it somewhere else. Yeah. It's a forgetful heart. And that, that is terrible, right? How, like, yeah, you can, you can forget some of the, some of the things we did, but my God, how dare you forget how you felt? Yeah. If you forget me logically, I don't give a shit. But bitch, I'm in there. <laughs> <laughs> Juliet, when we made love, you used to cry. Oh my 
<coughs> such a good song. Forgetful. We should do an episode on that. <laughs> Part two. Forgetful Heart. We laughed and had a good time, you and I. It's been so long. Now you're content to let the days go by. Mm. When you were there, you were the answer to my prayer. Again, heavy, man. So- <laughs> sophomoric rhymes, basic songwriting, but somehow it is like to. And again, you know, to the audience, I hope you've listened to this fucking song because me reading it, <laughs> just like everything you else, know, is I, not- was, I was just going to say that this song of all the ones we've done, um, we talked about how Knopfler and how he inflected. We talked about some of the front bottom song, but like this one is all about melody and phrasing. Yeah. Um, because there's, as Sean said, there's not a lot of words in it, Mm-mm. but because of the way he phrases it, they the the words not said fill in the extra spaces. It's um, so you mentioned visions of Joanna Johanna earlier. Um, I don't know if the audience knows not dark yet, which is I think one of the what album is that on? That's one of the time, That's out, time of out of mind. Yeah. Time out of mind, and it's kind of it's. This song is halfway between Visions of Johanna and Not Dark Yet. And this song would would fit so well on Time Out of Mind. Um, Time Out of Mind was a record he made thinking it was his last. He had just had, I think it was cancer. It was, it was definitely like a lung thing. He was sick as a damn dog um, and thought he was going to die. And Don Wass... Of was not was fame, um, who brought you everybody walked the dinosaur. Oh shit! Produces time out of mind. Um, time out of the mind. Time out of mind was the record that reintroduced him to the mainstream. Like the famous soy bomb clip where the guy's doing the wacky dance behind him <laughs> on the yeah. Grammys. That was the year he won the Grammy for time out of mind. Yeah. Um, and you know, time out of mind. Everyone had forgotten him. He literally had been, he had been forgotten. He was coming off, you know, a, a bad time of his career. The 80s were not kind to him. He was struggling for meaning. He was struggling with substances. He was struggling with sickness, all these things. And then he comes out with this very sparse, instrumental, instrumentally sparse, not a lot of gap filling stuff, not a lot of up. Um, and sitting in the middle of that record is, it's not dark yet, but it's getting there, mm-hmm. which was kind of a swan song like this is it boys i'm done um nestled in that record was also the uh make you feel my love which was covered by like, Brooks. Brooks did one cheryl crow did one um of course cheryl crow did one because of course. Oh my god somebody did a good song let me get in here and fuck it up um um he, that album i think also had trying to get to heaven um yes which yes. is <laughs> makes a lot of sense if he's just getting over cancer and mm-hmm. uh you know and thinking um, he's shutting it down like that was his mortality plea yeah and i think everything that came out of that everything that came after that probably felt like a bonus to him too and yeah. that probably is why you see um a departure from it is completely departed from all the dylan we knew before all the protest is gone all the all the politics are gone it's all gone and he's just decided well i don't know how much time i got left I'm going to be Hank Williams. Mm-hmm. That's who I'm going to be. <laughs> and if this song does not have a cousin in So Lonesome I Could Cry, then I don't Shit. know what does. Forgetful Heart. 
We loved with all the love that life can give. That's a good. Oh, come on, <laughs> like we like that's a while it's not groundbreaking. It's not where for Arthur Romeo. It is a powerful line in and of itself. We loved with all the love that life can give. Forgetful heart. We loved with all the love that life can give. What can I say? Without you, it's so hard to live. Can't take much more. Why can't we love like we did before? And is that not is that not every end of a thing that you didn't want to be the end of? Yeah. Why can't we make this shit like it was? Oh, I know why we can't make it like it was. Because your heart is forgetful. That's the problem. <laughs> I will I'm say, not the problem. You're not the problem. It's just that damned old ticker of yours. Your ticker's the problem. Um, my uh, the way the way he delivers that line without you, it's so hard to live. Is bears going back and listening to it? Yes. Um, even if you you've listened to it right before this episode. Yep. Um, forgetful heart. Like a walking shadow in my brain. All night long, I lie awake and listen to the sound of pain. There it is. There's the killer line we've been looking for. There is the one. I don't know what the sound of pain is. I believe it to be silence. That's what I believe it to be. Well, I um, I mean, you know, just the, at the speed at which he delivers these lines, which is extremely slow, you know... He, even if you're 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 hearing a song for the for the first time, whether or not you know you're doing it, if you're anything like if you're anything like you, uh, Hankins and me, you are likely writing this line as you're listening to it for the first time or the hundredth time. And I lay awake and listen to the sound of rain is probably going to be what is subconsciously in your head. I had the same thought earlier. I was getting thoughts together for this episode. Like anybody else says rain right there. Mm-hmm. It has the imagery that you need. Um, heartbreak and rain go together. Um, just being awake at night, not being able to sleep. A fucking rainy night is great to sleep to, but he can't sleep because he's so busted up over this. He's listening to rain. But no, he's the greatest songwriter that ever was. So he chooses <laughs> the much the better line and it's pain. And then comes the fucking bring it home. Bases loaded. Let's knock her out of the park, Bobby. Let's hit for the old cycle. Hit him. The door has closed forevermore, if indeed there ever was a door. It's the stages of grief, right? Yeah. It's 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 all right there. It's was any um is any of this even real? It's acceptance, I guess. It is acceptance, but it's the worst kind of acceptance because he's now looking back on it and he himself is trying to develop the forgetful heart. That's the that's the, oh, yeah, that's the dying sure. cry of a man who's wishing he could forget by saying, ah, it wasn't real anyways. Was it real? Probably not. Um, he, he's trying to get there. Gun um, to my head. But he knows he probably not. Yeah, he knows he can't. He knows he can't get there. Because his heart is not the forgetful one. Um, he's he's wishing for a forgetful heart by the end of this thing. It's envy. Envy has now come into it because the partner in this has the forgetful heart. And damned if he didn't wish he had one. Just wants to smush those two forgetful hearts together. Make him remember. <laughs> Get some member berries in there. God. 
it's so it's such a it's such a good it's just a good song. Um, this like, is a this is a stat that is almost two and a half years old, but you tell me if this is a stat or shat, Hankins. Forgetful Heart by Bob Dylan and Robert Hunter has been played in the Neverending Tour 234 times as of August 2017. That's a stat. That's a 234 stat. 234 divided by 8. That's 30 times a year he's played that. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a lot, dude. He loves that song. That's two and a half times per month on, on his yeah. tour. He loves that song. Yeah, he should. Like, there's That's no, there's a good no getting song. around it. He, he loves performing that song. It could be for logistic reasons because it would give him a little break. You know, it's a, it is not a difficult song to perform. Yeah. It, it, and Dylan shows while they're always, well, up until the last tour or the last leg of this tour, um, I never, I've never seen the same set list twice. Oh, yeah. And think about that, too, by the way, because, you know, as you mentioned, after 09, he gets into those American standards. And if you're if you're touring on those American standards, I mean, Dylan doesn't tour on anything because he's always touring. But like if you're touring during those American standards uh, uh, records are coming out, it's easy to fill an entire set list of other like 20 people songs. Yep. And and not play Forgetful Heart. So I think yep. that stat notes and get is even more notes. impressive. You you juxtapose that with some of the big ones that people would love to hear. Like he ain't played Visions Johanna that many times. Yeah. I wouldn't guess. Um Rolling Stone, maybe not even like there there's been many times I've seen him that he didn't play like a Rolling Stone. Um he's gonna give you he's gonna throw you a couple bones because he knows <laughs> who his audience well, I don't know. <laughs> he's gonna throw you a couple bones just because. Um but maybe. the fact that this one came up that many times it, it he likes doing it. Yeah, for sure. And why wouldn't you? I don't know that you can. And, and there must be something. There must have been some magic in that old silk hat they found, um, because <laughs> you don't. You can't conjure this up without him feeling it. He's got to feel it. it. I just want to feel it. <laughs> just trying to feel it. And you know. Charlie Sex. The thing about that song is, while it is easier on him because he's just singing the song, blowing a harp, does his dance, mm-hmm. um, there's not a lot of else going on. There's no real discernible, like, th- nobody's playing rhythm on it. Like, no. there's no, there's no shanka shunka shanka shunka. There's it's no shanka shunkas. No, it's Which all is kind of fucked up if you ask me, but whatever. More Shanka, less Shuka is what I always say. Oh, um, make America Shanka Shuka again. Make America. Sh- I mean, give me the Wang Chung. Everybody Shanka Shuka I don't. Under- I was thinking about that the other day. They claim that Wang Chung was named because that's the sound a guitar makes when you strum it down and then up. Nope. Wang Chung. I don't. I don't understand. As long as we're in this time period and off topic, I would like to propose. The uh, cover of Putting on the Ritz by Taco is the weirdest fucking song of all time. And maybe we do that next episode. You talking about, you talking about getting a real robot on there? Yeah, I'm talking about getting that real robot. Is that what I'm hearing from you? Are you talking about getting a real live? <laughs> That's a real only, robot. One um, of the only two times <coughs> an actual robot was 
brought into the studio. What was the other time a real? And but what does a real? We'll save it for that. Save it for that episode. The um, only, as, one of only two times. Sean. Save it. Save it. Save it. Um, while we're talking about stuff that previous discussions we've had. Um, do we need to go into the, do we want to end this episode with the anecdote of what happened after this? Oh, absolutely. That's the whole reason we're doing this show. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Please paint the scene, um, for the, for the audience. So I have driven to the DC area to go to this concert and also to bring Sean back from the DC area to North Alabama for something we had to do the next day. Um, this was at a time in my life where this was not out of the ordinary at all. <clears throat> I believed that I could drive anywhere um, at any time of day or night, so long as I had a little coffee, some five-hour energy, one of those uh, like Little Debbie fruit pies, and then some, some music. I believed I could get anywhere, and I had tested that theory and it had been it had borne fruit many many times. The theory had been proven. Well, this particular night, the plan tons of times. was we're taking it all the way, baby. Yeah, we're going to take it home. Can we'll I split it up in the middle somewhere, and we're going to get home? If I may interject, the reason for this trip was idiotic to begin with, because you know I've long taken issue with the hacky comedy bit. That, oh, Congress is just a bunch of ineffective dumbies. Dumbies? Um, but, like, my boss at the time, and this was 2009, so those who might hear this, the bosses I like, no, it's not them. Um, somehow had a calculator that was smoking pot or drunk as hell or on acid. And the math that she was doing in her head told her that it would be a lot cheaper to pay you mileage Mm -hmm. to drive from Huntsville, Alabama Mm -hmm. to D.C., which is roughly 700 miles, um, and then back to ship... Uh, like four or five desk heavy desktop computers they to were our heavy. to our satellite office in North Alabama. Um, so she she thought that it would be cheaper to pay you mileage, and mileage is basically roughly fifty cents per mile. It probably was closer to fifty cents back then. So seven hundred miles there, seven hundred miles back. That's a cold seven hundred dollars. A cold dog seven hundred dollars. <laughs> I can't imagine shipping four desktop desktop computers and monitors flat screen not vacuum tube would cost seven hundred dollars can't imagine that would be the case but off we go did we also bandits in the night oh my god loaded for bear loaded down with computer equipment i had been up chrysler 300 (laughs) i think i had been up since five o'clock in the morning uh, because, like you said, it was a Tuesday, and I had I had to go to work. <laughs> I remember nothing about the trip up at all. Zero. I have no recollection of going up. I don't remember solo the rest time. of the show. Right. It's just solo jam time. Knocking a little fine bomb, listen to a few sports, listen to a little Ron and Fez. Next thing you know, you're there. I don't remember anything else about the concert other than this song. 
This is that is it. <laughs> Cannot tell you anything else about this show other than I remember this song vividly. I I kind of remember, and maybe this is just pl- uh, preying on your lack of re- uh, recall. Not I unlike- lost my power of recall. <laughs> um, I remember distinctly me not annoying you or letting you down during this concert like I usually do. We we really st- well we were meant on a mission. The we concert were. was just a way station. The yeah. agenda was deliver these computers. <laughs> it was a real Smokey and the Bandit scenario. These federally <laughs> purchased computers. <laughs> we had a long way to go and a short time to get there. Watch out boys, watch old bandit run. Southbound and down we were. So we leave the concert. We see the whole thing. Encore and everything. So it's probably 10 o'clock. We load up with the computer equipment and we start heading towards home. Now, here's the mistake we made. <laughs> the one mistake. The one mistake we made. I think it was raining. It yeah, got a little it was. nasty around like the Virginia, Tennessee line. Yeah. Um, By the way, the, we, the, just to paint this this uh, this picture for people who are unfamiliar with the the drive from Northern Virginia to North Alabama, um, it is deceptively ass kickingly long. You can it is the so longest ten hour drive, eleven hour drive that you can possibly imagine because through Virginia there is nothing, there is absolutely nothing. You are in the quote unquote real Virginia. And there is absolutely nothing around. There are several speed traps. Um, you are like your restrooms and gas stations are paid are spread so far apart. Um, when you get and to they t- might close. <laughs> yeah, and they might close. When you get to Tennessee, you're like, oh sweet, I'm in the state adjacent to where I'm going. Man, <laughs> you still got the whole of Tennessee or half of the length of Tennessee to go. Yeah, you got um, <laughs> a string pulled tight from home to Tennessee. It you, is. It is the second worst drive <coughs> that I have ever not not this particular one, but just that drive, Huntsville to DC is the only thing worse is going to Arkansas. That is the only drive I've ever done. Why'd you go to Arkansas? To see Bob Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) Little Rock Amphitheater to see Bob Dylan. Could have gotten on the news for singing a Bob Dylan song. Chose not to. Oh, yeah. yeah, That was the right choice. Even though, (laughs) by the way, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, this is not a bit. You, your singing voice is like a cherub drooling honey into my ear. Also very good on the news, I am, too. Yeah, you are. <laughs> First-time voter, 2008. But here we go. The mistake we made is we got too crunk too soon. Mm-hmm. We're riding high off this concert. We're riding high. Probably talking about and Forgetful Heart. Pro- we talked about that for a while, and then the next thing I know, um, oh, man, I'm fudge, I'm really going to be upset that I'm forgetting <laughs> the name of Lil Wayne's mixtape. No, no ceilings. ceilings. Yeah. No ceilings had come out. And so we got no ceilings. We're jumping. I mean, we are hitting it hard. Two oh boys are on the road. Yeah. We got an ass in load full of computers, and we're ready <laughs> to do it. Now, the trick in to a Chrysler 300. Like that, <laughs> Chrysler 300. I'm sorry, baby. but if we got pulled over at any point, just going six miles over the speed limit, Chrysler 300, like – like four or five desktop computers Loaded down with government stamped computers. <laughs> 
like I probably forgot to bring my bat my congressional badge with me. Like you, like you have no ties to the federal government other than the fucking drunk idiot, the punch drunk and drunk idiot in your passenger seat. <laughs> and God, a terrible gross. cover story. In a rural Virginia, rural Virginia. Well, where see. you boys coming from? Well, <coughs> sir, officer, I drove up from Alabama this morning to take my friend to see Bob Dylan and pick up these computers. <laughs> oh, you did, did you? You did that, did you, pal? <laughs> Somewhere in Marion, Virginia. No one, not even, not even like Sheriff Sheriff Dumpleby from Marion, Virginia, <laughs> would fucking believe that a chief of staff from a congressional office would believe that it would be fucking cheaper. I don't know what to tell you, man. She and a dreadlocked maniac <laughs> rolling in to get these computers. So off we go. And I mean, no silence comes on, and we are swag surfing, folks. Mm-hmm. We are swag surfing. Ice cream paint uh, job. Oh, we're doing it. We are doing it all. And we pull into this gas station. <laughs> because the trick, the trick to a drive like that is, guys, take this tidbit from old road dog. The trick <laughs> is you do not eat a meal. No. Meals are bad. No, that that, that slugs you down, baby. You only snack. You just drive with that hunger inside you. And every time you think about stopping, you push on a little further. So we're going to stop, get some gas, get a snack. And I distinctly remember making eye contact through through the window of this convenience store with the Virginia resident who sees us pull up crunker than shit. You getting you after it. I distinctly remember you pulling into the parking space. I'm gonna say 34 miles an hour. Um, one one hand like when uh you know the uh bruce bruce the comedian with like the double rusted suit <laughs> when, when he has that bit about uh man when i see a kfc on the, on the side of the interstate i'm like and he like and he like turns the the steering wheel with the one with the palm of one hand that's how you pulled into a parking it is. lot it's 100 percent accurate and i look lock eyes with this clerk and i say shawnee I don't. He didn't say it out loud, but I can tell you right now what he's thinking. <laughs> that clerk right there is thinking, "Uh-uh, y'all too crunk." YTC. And we proceed to go in and snack it up. Sean <laughs> buys the worst smelling bag of beef jerkies. Oh yeah, yeah. That was, that was during my jerky days, baby. <laughs> teriyaki, ter- teriyaki salmon, I believe is. What <laughs> well, okay, we know that's not true because I don't fuck with teriyaki. <laughs> it was probably like. You know, turkey, salmon, turkey like spicy, super hot, <laughs> with like extra vinegar or some bullshit like that. It was probably one of those like personally made mom and pop jerkies, probably. as opposed to your probably. Jack Links. Uh uh-uh. uh. This was Jack's Link. <laughs> My uncle Jack makes these. He drops them off in the morning. Um, we'll see what happens, guys. When you get crunk, like (laughs) when you get that crunk, and you stop, and you have to have a a public interaction, and you don't want to go to jail, you know, you're 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 polite. You let the crunk die down. Mm -hmm. When we get back in that car, the crunk's gone. All the crunk is gone. And so here's the thing: at this point, I, I, I probably, I guarantee you, I 
drank my face off at the concert. You, Absolutely. I distinctly remember you not having one drink because you had to drive for fucking 10 or 11 hours. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> I think I probably snuck in a flask of Jim Beam or something Absolutely. like that. Taking a, taking a deep pull off that. I'm like, hey, man, if you need me to drive like part, part of the way back to Alabama, I'm, I'll just take a nap and sober up and it'll be fine. Yeah. You're like, mm-hmm. Um, and a, a request that I've turned down Every time it's ever happened from anyone. Yeah, the even, road when I'm, dog even when I'm sober. Dog does driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dog's got to drive. But so we, we get back into the car after the Y'all Too Crunk uh, 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 gas station. Snack it up. Terrible. <laughs> I forgot about the jerk. The jerk. Forgot about the beef jerky. Um, and I am at the point where, like, I am now sober but punch drunk, like, so fucking tired because i was i had i had at the time probably been up for like 20 hours if not yeah. longer yeah you had to load same. all those computers we had to load all those computers <laughs> that were definitely ours and we didn't steal them <laughs> officer um and then you and you're the same you're just not coming out of being drunk which i don't right. know what's worse <laughs> i'm just tired yeah and i have to admit defeat i say shawnee bud I don't think I got it in me to get us all the way. I apologize. I just don't have it in me. And this is I after. I think we got to shut her down. <laughs> this is after, like, again, I keep offering, hey, man, like, I'm sober now. I'm really tired, but, like, I can stay awake. Like, I just had a, you know, a Red Bull, and, you know, I can stay awake, and I'm happy to drive. <laughs> and, I mean, and, I got jerky powers. And I got these jerky I got jerky powers. powers. <laughs> like, like Popeye to spinach, I take to the jerky, and it makes me stronger. You you graciously say, nah, man, let's get a hotel. Shut it down. Let's and shut. The, I, I'm $700 to the good already, baby. Let's fucking splurge and go to La Quinta Inn. Let's yeah, and, lose it. And, and, of course, the hotel is going to be paid for and everything. Um, to which I respond, oh, thank God, because I've been hallucinating for the past half hour. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that perks me up. That gets us going. That gets us. That gets <laughs> that us gets over us, the finish line. That gets us one more exit further. <laughs> yeah, that gets us over the finish line to the La Quinta Inn. We pull in to the La Quinta Inn, and there's a motorcycle. And I'm pretty sure it was raining that night because the motorcycle was parked under the awning. Yeah, it's an odd place for a motorcycle to just be parked. A bleached white, a pure virgin snow <laughs> white motorcycle with two big side mirrors sticking way up high. And this jerky-fueled maniac beside me goes, with with a clarity that he has not spoken with for some 240 miles at this point. A clarity that he has not known since he was seven years old. He says to me, and that's a rabbit. Said, Thank like God I didn't rabbit. let you drive, Shawnee. That's a motorcycle. Let us to bed. I honestly thought it was a fucking giant rabbit. Maybe it had like one of those like 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 nose cones that was pink instead of chrome. It didn't. It didn't, it didn't have any of that. I think it was silver. I think it was silver. And that's a rabbit. So we shut her down <coughs> and we're washed. And we were comforted and we were rocked by the sweetest lullaby oh. that our old Jewish uncle had given us that night. Mm. And so ends the tale of the time Rob and Larry <laughs> stole some computers <laughs> and heard Forgetful Heart. 
Oh, throwthefleggnetwork.com. We have a football show if you really want to listen to that. We are going to come at you with new content all off-season long. We also have uh, another show called That's Discussing, which has not been updated in a year. But you know what? I'm uh, digging deep. I'm finding some special guests. We're going to pull them on here. We're going to see what happens. And, of course, Cold Dog Soup continues to be back. Um, And that's it, guys. Uh, If you'd like to support us in a more personal way, you can do so at patreon.com slash ttf that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash tango tango foxtrot your homework assignment go and seek out sun kill moons um among the leaves and listen to track number eight and then listen to every other track number eight off a record that you really love and i bet you that's a good ass song the kind of songs that you will hear on cold dog soup the mixtape
evermore. It's a need, and ever was.